we have a real treat today as we're going to have a conversation with Vicky, Mel and Andrew. And uh, this conversation is really going to be addressing the question, what is a disciple? We talk a lot about making disciples and we talk a lot about the strategy of going to make disciples and being on mission with God. Sometimes overlooked in this uh, conversation is, what is a disciple? What did Jesus actually create when he called these men and women to come and follow him and to transform their lives? What was going on inside the inner world of that person? And what does it mean for us today? As we look at Christian culture, as we look at uh, church culture, and we see that the, often the, the missing piece of the jigsaw is discipleship. What is a disciple? What are our answers? So welcome, guys. Really good to have you here. Um, uh, to the conversation as we look at our traditional culture and answers and we have all kind of grown up in church what's been our experience of the question what is a disciple I think um, from my point of view I grew up in a setting where um, it was simply if you've said the salvation prayer Mm. uh, Mm. that special prayer and then you'll go through and do the discipleship course with another believer who's um, preferably been a believer for a very long time and has a good track record. They'll take you through the discipleship course. And that will really centre on things like church attendance, um, how to tithe, and then a whole pile of doctrine. So they're sort of the main things that you're discipled in. Um, And then... Um, if they feel like it's right and you've had your interview, you can get baptised. Um, and then there'd be that expectation of, well, a, a disciple is somebody who would go to church regularly, mm. read the word every day, um, someone who was baptised correctly too into the right denomination. I think there's that tension there as well in our traditional culture. Um, and someone who serves the church mm. That's sort of the, yeah, what comes to mind when you ask that question, Dave. Mm. That's uh, really interesting and really interesting that that kind of discipleship process happened before baptism. Andrew, what's been your experience and challenges in this area? Yeah, um, I think it's summed up with a question that I was asked this morning, actually, at the school drop-off. I met a Christian there for the first time. He's like, where are you going to church? (laughs) And I kind of was like, ah, oh, yeah, there's the question, isn't it? It's always about which church I'm going to, where do I fit in? And mm. so similar to, to Mel, I think I experienced, looking back, maybe an overemphasis on what you could call external Christian activities. Um, and I think that, yeah, really has been at the expense of maybe just what, what God wants to do internally. Davey mentioned the inner world of a person as Jesus discipled his disciples and I think that's what yeah the church wanted um, to do but at least for me um, I ended up probably focusing way too much on external stuff external fruit numbers what programs I was part of Um, and so Mm. success really been defined both from my church upbringing but also the western culture we're in um, by numbers and this kind of stuff, not what, what God's doing inside. The, the, sometimes they're hidden in the deep um, realities of me as a person. Mm. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, wow. And, and Vicky, um, what's been your experience and challenges as you've looked at this idea of what is a disciple? Yeah, I guess I'm the same as both Mel and Pies, having been brought up going to church from a young age and did Sunday school and and um, I've, I guess I've been raised, uh, started in an Anglican church, local Anglican, and, you know, then I, I went to Pentecostal and then Baptist. So I've sort of been a part of all sorts of different denominations. Um, and possibly a common thread or theme, I guess, is the idea of being a Christian perhaps rather than being a disciple. And, and I don't even know if I remember even really putting together the word disciple with me perhaps it was like what did Jesus and his disciples do rather than me being a disciple of Jesus myself I guess or something like that 
like uh, maybe I thought more about how to be a Christian. Um, and, you know, and so what does that look like? You have to fit in, you know, and you have to be nice to everyone and, and uh, I don't know, wear the right clothes or do the right things or not not break moulds or I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys have experienced the same, but, um, yeah, so, I, yeah, I don't know if I, I – ser- yeah, I served the teams, I did the right things, but I'm not sure perhaps that I would say I was a disciple or I even knew what a disciple was. Hmm. It's really interesting because that word Christian, it was used as uh, in the in the book of Acts as a definer for those who followed Christ. And um, I think uh, the word Christian is used in the New Testament three times, while the word disciple is somewhere between 250 to 300 times yeah, wow. uh, in the New wow. Testament. But what's the difference? I mean, we we obviously that was a New Testament um, uh, title that outsiders gave these crazy people who are following the way. You know, the, the, what's the difference as we look at today in our culture, Christian and disciple? Um, mm. um, yeah, anyone want to jump yeah. in on that question? Yeah, it's interesting, Dave. I still feel like I'm actually on the journey with that, to be honest. I don't think I've got all the answers right now and I could – I'm sure people could, but I'm not sure I could just tell you, uh, you know, today this is what I think it means to disciple and these are the ABCs of it. But um, – yeah, but we all do have this jarring moment, don't we? Because people, I chat to all sorts of people all over the place and, and that question is, well, where do you go to church? Or, uh, you know, are you a Christian? But I don't necessarily see anything in their life that would suggest that any change has happened or that Jesus is actively working or they're actively following Jesus. So there is something that is different, isn't there, beyond I go to church versus, hey, I'm a disciple of Jesus and I am... Uh, living and uh, in relationship with him. So I guess that's some of the things that I've started to think about. Well, oh, I have learned over the journey, what is a disciple? Um, it's got, like, you know, it is, there's that relationship with Jesus. There's that fact that I listen to him or I learn from him or he's, he speaks. There's that intimacy that, you know, we read about in John, um, you know, 14, 15, those who love me will obey me. There is, there's this, something that connects me and Jesus together. And, I, and I've certainly gone on a, a journey of what is the word and the Bible, that's got to come into this whole discipleship question as well. Mm. And again, before I'd read it and I knew it, I had knowledge, but what was I doing with that? Um, but now I read it and I, and it, not only do I read it, I, I've got this knowledge, but there's this also sense that it transforms me that, you know, so now when I come into a situation um, in my life, uh, what, how am I going to respond to this with Jesus? How am I going to um, walk this out? How am I going to take what Jesus taught and commanded and then live that out in my life? You know, so if someone's, I'm just thinking of something off the top of my head, you know, if someone's hurt me or offended me or whatever, how, how am I going to respond in that situation? How do I actually obey Jesus today with my children, with friends, with family? And how do I see him transform my inner life and my external life as well, I guess, as he's working on my heart? I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it rings true, Vic. And the unlearning of what I've heard someone once say being churchianity, I think, is really hard yeah. when uh, we're being brought up in this culture that's so strong. Um, with wonderful things that um, are part of that. But when it comes down to what you're saying, Vic, about actually it's about me following Jesus (laughs) and Mm. therefore the fruit of that um, might not look like churchianity. And is that okay? Um, And I think that was a real wrestle for me in my young adulthood, even late teenagehood where, I was so caught up in ticking the boxes and holiness and reading my Bible every day and even outreach programs and got caught up in social justice activities, which I thought, oh, that's what Jesus is about. That's the real Jesus. I was so desperate, I think, for that. And it didn't come, didn't really come to a fore until I had to obey him in something that was really, really hard. And that was leaving Melbourne, going to Sydney, when someone who I respected so much disagreed with that 
And that's where it came to the fore, because for me it was like, will I obey Jesus <laughs> or will I be a Christian in that other person's eyes? Um, mm. And that's where it really hit home for me. Mm. Can I just mm. add one thing, Pies? You just reminded me. Perhaps one of the differences between Christianity and discipleship or church or whatever is I've grown up, um, and my husband and I talk about this a lot, when we grow up in church, we've heard sermon after sermon after sermon. Like Every week we would hear more and, and have someone tell us what the Bible meant. And and yet I never did any of it. I'd leave that church and go back to school or, or work or whatever season I was in. And I ended up getting to this stage where I felt like I had a whole bag of jigsaw pieces, jigsaw puzzle pieces, and I was constantly trying to make this puzzle on what it meant to follow Christianity with everybody else's puzzle pieces that they were telling me this is what it meant to, to, to be a Christian or this is what I should do. And in the end, I was like, ah, how do I do all this? I can't, I don't know what, you know, I'm meant to believe this part or this, but this theology mm. says this, and now I'm meant to do this. But actually, so now I just felt like God sort of challenged me one day and he said, like, you, my word's enough. Just start here. And and so going back to the word and having this understanding all this value that God will speak to me through his word and he will give me revelation, but also he'll show me what it means to walk that stuff out for me rather mm. than me trying to walk out what someone else's revelation has and they're like they're in a completely different season they're in a completely different context how am i meant to try and walk out their obedience i guess but actually i god can speak to me and then i can obey that and that's been a massive shift um i think in this that rather than trying to take what other people are learning from god what is god teaching me and how can i walk that out myself that's really good. Um, how did we go on the journey um, to find the answers of discipleship in the midst of um, just really uh, dealing with what Andrew described as churchianity or, uh, <laughs> you know, just um, this this idea of uh, what is a disciple? How do we, how did we go on the journey? What were some of the triggers that went, oh, man, um, what how did I learn how to become a disciple of Jesus? I think one of the key um, ways that I have found or started finding some of these answers is that being part of a community that values disciple making, um, being surrounded by others, whether they're locals or, I don't know, just this community of others who are on the journey and working things out and it really encouraging me to keep going after this and to keep spending time with the word to keep obeying god to keep pushing in to keep praying to keep walking this stuff out who challenge me and say oh what is god saying or what is the word saying on that then you know and helping me i guess to to look for the answers myself rather than telling me what the answers are i guess so that yeah that's been a really key part being part of this yeah, awesome community that um, uh, helping me go do this. It's mm, good, Vic. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, it's interesting. I, I hit a season of burnout, and I just couldn't keep achieving and being successful and ticking all the boxes that, for me, both my Christian upbringing, but also. Um, at school, I was just trying so hard to impress everyone. <laughs> and the year I left school, um, I was given this role to be this Victorian youth ambassador for an NGO. And I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds good because I get to be someone important. And <laughs> I was just looking in all the wrong places and I just tried to do too much. And so I hit burnout and it was one of the best things for me because I... I just was like, God, I can't, I can't mm. keep running like this. And it's funny, I was starting to get quite critical towards the local church and God's word to me actually during that season through, yeah, a number of mentors and times of prayer was stop bagging out the church, Andrew, <laughs> mm. which I wasn't doing, you know, outwardly, but in my heart I was. And he was mm. saying, be part of the solution. And I was really squirmy. I didn't want to do that, but I ended up being part of what, now we, we call praxis, but it wasn't praxis back then. But that actually in itself didn't change my heart. It wasn't until later that I found myself 
alone in West Sydney that I was really anxious about performing still. My heart had still not changed. I was seeking new expressions of church, right? We call it new wineskins or whatnot. But my heart was still yearning for something and that was to be found worthy and honoured and, yeah, identity was just all wrong. And so I started to learn that success equals obedience. And I'm still on that journey today, but that is a journey I think that every disciple probably needs to go through um, in some way, somewhere around obedience. For me, it was that success was not the fruit, it was not all the activities of all the tick the boxes. It was obedience even when it was really hard. And it was sometimes, and it is. So, yeah, sacrificial obedience for me was it one of the answers that mm. I've discovered so far. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Andrew. How about you, Mel? Yeah, that is amazing, actually. Uh, a lot of what you just said, Pies, um, I've seen that happen in my life too. Even the day I was baptised, I was so pumped. Got baptised, had this um, necklace around my neck with a cross on it, got baptised, sat back down, and I just felt like I was free, you know, free from sin. I had this fresh start. And I remember putting my hands around my necklace and being like, I'm going to bust this thing open, I'm free, you know. And I tried and I tried and I tried, and it was just a cheap necklace. And I always broke necklaces, so I was really like, oh, well, I'll just unclip it. And I remember putting it in my shoe, and I continued to dance and praise God. And um, at the end of the night, I um, went to put my shoes on. I picked up the necklace and it had split in half. And I just sat there stunned. And and God really spoke to me in that moment and said, don't you ever do things in your own strength. And that was like something he's spoken to me right from day dot. And I still struggle with it up until this day. <laughs> I still try to do things in my own strength. And um yeah, I think some of the things I've discovered have been very similar to you as well. It's not about performance. Like if it starts becoming an outward thing only, we become depleted on the inside because we're never going to meet God's standard. We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to be all that. And it's kind of a good thing because um, the past couple of years I've really found myself praying, Lord, keep me humble no matter what, keep me humble because I too got really cynical of other believers around me at one stage. I was just, I thought I was superwoman. I was doing all this stuff. And people would say, oh, my goodness, how do you do all that? You know, and I know that started to feed an ego, and it was really unhealthy. I started becoming really cynical. And I remember driving over this bridge. Every time I drove drive over it today, I still remember God putting this thing in my head of, if you're starting to hate your brothers and sisters, do you really think you're in a good spot spiritually? Mm. Is that really where the Spirit of God would lead you to? And um, I just repented. I just thought, man, I thought I was in a really good spot. I'm actually in a very, very dangerous spot. Mm. And um, so, yeah, just going, you know, Lord, just keep me humble, keep me humble. And, um, yeah, that's that's been important. I think the other thing, I just wanted to go back and touch on, that idea of um, what our concept is of a disciple versus a Christian, I actually think um, the issue is not Jesus' concept of what is a disciple or what is a Christian. I think it's our concept is wrong, and I think it's the same with church. I don't think Jesus' concept of church is wrong. I think it's our concept of church is wrong. Mm. And uh, church is a really good thing. Mm. Uh, Disciple you know, and and Christian, they should be used interchangeably, really, I, I would think. But it's like these days Christian just becomes an identifier, like, oh, yeah, I was born into a Christian family, so I'll tick that box on the survey. Like, it's the heart of it's missing, like the, the real essence of it, like being a follower or an apprentice of, of Jesus, you know, just like blow it, I'm walking by faith, you know, <laughs> I'm going to follow follow Jesus and um, and start doing what he's doing. Um, and it's like we get wrapped up in this wrong concept of what a Christian is and, and church becomes 
something it was never intended to be, but mm. there's still so much good in it. We've got to capture that and and run with that instead of throwing the whole thing out. Yeah. I remember just do, doing um, my journey with church and just there is a whole world of uh, church activity, experiential stuff through worship and 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 being in crowds, uh, listening to the latest teaching. There's oh, there's this guy over here. You need to listen to this word. And there's this guy, and it's like a a, a snowball uh, that gets bigger and bigger as you're caught up in into the world of sermons and teachings and experiences. And and suddenly you're you're left wondering where 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 is my foundation? What what do I have to keep up with? And and um, Really, I think what did it for me was the the idea that um, we actually have to grapple with the words of Jesus as as yeah. as the foundation, and that Jesus is the one that we need to listen to primarily, not sermons about Jesus, but Jesus Himself, which is really expressed in in the Word of God and the Gospels, and so for me the journey was really uh, cutting away the clutter of of um uh, uh so much activity and centering my life around Jesus and his word and suddenly seeing that uh transformation I've been doing uh going through the gospels in in studying just what are the commands of Jesus and finding myself so deeply challenged that Jesus talks about a lot of stuff that um, we don't talk about. He talks a lot about money <laughs> and he talks a lot about wealth and he talks a lot about uh, caring for others and justice for for the poor. And and some of these things that, that we then ask the question, is being a disciple of Jesus obeying the commands of Jesus? Therefore, how does it transform my life? That's, that's for me, the real crux or the wrestle of what is a disciple. It's forming our lives around the teachings of Jesus, not being selective on the scriptures that we like and the scriptures that we kind of conveniently ignore. <laughs> and I think that's really the challenging edge for me is really looking at Jesus and grappling with the words of the Son of God and saying, will I conform my life around this? So the, And part of the challenge for us is, you know, in being a Christian, um, is that there's so many people that have that label. We, we look at sports stars that say, I'm a Christian, and then they do some really some things that Jesus would not be happy with, you know, just really, really bad stuff. And so the word, the label Christian, which is what outsiders labeled these early followers, suddenly becomes um, really compromised, I think. And so then I say, well, am I a disciple? But that word itself is almost sounds cultish and weird. So what is it to be a disciple of this Jesus uh, grappling with the words? Can people see the difference? in you when they meet you can they see that you're a disciple by the way you live out his teachings i remember um talking to someone not that long ago and they were talking about their radical acceptance of a marginalized people and they said that is what a true christian is that is what a true christian is and this person was not a christian and i said um is that what jesus says and have you read the words of Jesus? And they looked at me really blankly because they, they, the word Christian was what is good according to their moral structure, not a good according to what Jesus wanted himself. So really challenging for me. And for me, it's centering it around the commands of Jesus, the words of Jesus, the, the life of Jesus, and then starting to live my life according to that. And I find it really, really um, challenging when I hear his words to to go how does that go deeper into my life and obeying them and it's really really kind of um very very exciting journey um, but deeply transformational I remember reading uh, Dallas Willard on the transformation of the uh, I can't remember the title of the book actually but that was a really, really good book. He's, he just makes some, some fantastic crackers of comments. He says, the people who are surrounded, with, you know, living in churches might go their whole life without meeting a true disciple. <laughs> and I say, yeah. how true is that, you know? 
Or the yeah. idea of Mahatma Gandhi who goes up to this um, South African church and and says, D- discover Jesus. And they look at him and he says, what do you want, Gaffer? You can't come in here because of the apartheid. Mm. And so mm. he, he walked away from the church. But later on, Mahatma Gandhi looked at Jesus and he said, if everybody obeyed the commands of Jesus, the whole world would become Christian. And you go, oh, my goodness, wow. What is the idea of how, to, how we live in the snowball of church and activity versus the, the idea of centering our lives around the teachings and the words and the life of Jesus? Um, amazing stuff. Um, uh, what, what are we doing in our lives? How does it look like? What does it look like as we start to... Um, become disciples of Jesus. How does it look for you, Andrew? Yeah, it's a good phrase, become disciples of Jesus, Dave, because I think it's a journey. And uh, for me, um, I'm trying to um, live by the day but measure by the decade, if that makes sense, (laughs) in obedience to Jesus. Because uh, I look back at my 20s and I arrived there in Western Sydney, felt called by God to be successful. And um, I soon realized that uh, no success equals obedience. And then if that meant no fruit, then that's okay. (laughs) And so what I'm trying to do now um, is continue to learn how to really put my character before my kingdom, little K kingdom. And and to to do that, I feel like, if I'm not in the word, um, I simply fall. I, I quickly, rather, fall away, mm. and start to try and yeah, as we've all discussed, do it in my own strength. Or for me, it's always about success in other people's eyes, not knowing my identity. For me, um, if I slip away from knowing who I am in God as His loved child, then I quickly try and find that worth somewhere else. So really important for me. Um, to be prayerful. These are all the, all the things that were poured into my life, by the way, since a young boy, but I didn't really practice in a way that brought transformation. Mm. And I think, you know, prayer, I look at um, my mother, she's amazing, full of faith and sharing her faith and my grandfather, you know, obedience to the word and discipline and, and all these things. But I think it comes down to us choosing. Will we, yeah, do the hard yards, the discipline? Um, my grandfather always talked about it. We need to be disciplined. And that was his greatest gift, I think, that he brought to the world. Um, but that, that wrapped up in that is the word disciple. You know, will we do the hard yards, even if it does not bear fruit, the success that we, we want to see? What if God's more concerned about what he's doing in us? And so I just want to be a disciple worth multiplying. I don't want to... Uh, expect yeah. others to do something that I'm not going to do myself. And if I'm not praying, if I'm not intimate with God, know my identity in Him, uh, then, yeah, what am I going to reproduce? Mm. No, not, not not good stuff. Perhaps mm. more churchianity. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a bit of a worry because we want to see new expressions of church, amen, and, mm. and to see disciples made within their own context. So for me, yeah, character over kingdom and measuring by the uh, decade but living by the day. Slow walk of obedience, step by step. That's great. How about you, Mel? Yeah. Um, wow. It's it's such a uh, a learning curve, isn't it? As you go through different phases of life, you think you know all the answers, and then bam, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, and you're faced with another. Um, crisis or something's happening and, and God teaches you something which, like Pies was saying, you kind of already knew. It's just like a whole nother depth and layer to that, um, to walk that out. For me, one of the biggest um, things that I have uh, been practicing lately is resting in God um, and not trying to um, push through it and think that that equals more radical discipleship to push through the exhaustion, to push through the um, Mm -hmm. lack of fruit or the, you know, whatever, whatever thing comes up in life. Actually, God just wants to walk with us Mm. and have that relationship with us. 
He's the one who does all the miracles. Mm. Um, and so to actually rest not just once a week, and I think that's really important for busy people. Mm. We are in a very, very busy society, and we've got to take it seriously to actually carve out time with God where there's no screen or there's <clears throat> there's no agenda or schedule to follow um, for a day or whatever it looks like in your context. But uh, for me, it's even more than that. It's like the other day, laying on the beach under a nice shady tree for the first time. I had the whole beach to myself. I discovered this awesome new beach up north. So I went there with my Bible, um, put my towel out, and I just laid down and I just rested with God. And not just a physical rest, it was I rested my soul. I really rested my soul and I knew that God loved me. Mm. And I just rested in that, just knowing who he is and knowing that he loves me. And um, I've been of the same uh, train of thought, Pies. I do not want to multiply a burnt-out disciple. That, like, who's going to want to do that? <laughs> so, you know, and I, I see that in, in a lot of my, my other fellow believers who um you know, sold out for Jesus. We get burnt out very easily. And I think um, just coming back to resting our soul in God is so important because we do want to be fruitful for the kingdom. But, yeah, we've got to, got to have that inner core right so that what we're, what we're um, sowing is good stuff. It's not half-baked or half-burnt out. So, yeah, just that, that whole practice of resting in God is incredibly important. Um, and, you know, out of that flows life. It's like living streams of water, and that's what you want to do as a disciple. You want to be fed by the living water, and you want it to ooze out from you to those who are around. So, And you can't manufacture that. Only God can give you that water. So, yeah, that's, that's um, where I'm at at the moment. It's a beautiful season. Thank you. Well, I think I need to move to Queensland and go sit on a beach yeah. and hear from God. I and... saw that photo, Mel, of you being on that beach. It looked really good. <laughs> oh, That's all I just mate, heard out you of You can that. only get there at low tide. <laughs> we, we all heard that to, to be a true disciple of Jesus, you have to find a nice beach that's uh, just <laughs> yeah. by ourselves. That's, that's what we heard. That's we, my problem. That's <laughs> something wrong, guys. And, and we, didn't, we didn't hear beyond that, you know. We just heard the beach. <laughs> you can do it in your bed. Dream, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> not when you have three kids knocking on the door. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with um, yeah what they're saying. I think um, the last few years have been pretty tricky for um, my husband and I. We've had all sorts of things happen, and and it's been interesting. Before that, I guess uh, I would have perhaps sometimes wanted my life to be easy. And this thing of you know when you're a Christian, Jesus is awesome and powerful, and so your life just becomes easy. Right, and yet it seems to be the opposite for us. The more we press into God, the harder our life seems to get. But, but what the goodness of God, hey, and and that He takes all of our mess, and He takes our hard stuff, and He just turns it into something beautiful within us, and that always brings Him glory, and it always seems to impact those around us. And I'd say we've had our most fruitful seasons in our hardest seasons, where He is working on deep stuff within us. And it's almost like the hard situations that we're going through peel away and reveal what's actually our foundation and what is what are we standing on. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I I almost look forward to hard times because I'm like, okay, God, what are you doing now? What 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 are you going to do? I can't really quite say that at the moment, but yeah, I can. At the end of every trial we've gone through, I've looked back and gone, wow, that was so worth it because I could see God do this and this. And I think that is part of the discipleship, isn't it? Is that when we hit those hard things in our life that we go, oh, whoa, here's a mess. This is really hard. This has just been a curveball that I wasn't expecting, I didn't plan for. Okay, let's do this with God. What What are you saying, God? What are you doing through this? And um, and recently I've been reading through the book of John and what I, the thing that just keeps hitting me over and over is just this concept of belief and faith. Like It's like every couple of sentences, if you believe, have faith and and it's like, okay, God, how am I um, walking this out in my everyday life? What is belief and what does faith look like in my everyday life uh, so that I can um, 
not well some days it's just so I can get through today but but so that I can walk through this and get through this storm or get through this trial or this hard season on the other side with you still not only with my faith intact but stronger than what it was before I, I went through this so um yeah, I think that I, there's situations I've gone through that if I didn't have Jesus, I wouldn't have made it out on the other side. Hey, and, but mm. it's not it's it's not just a token having Jesus. I really mean that. As in, if my Christianity wouldn't have helped me on, it wouldn't have been enough. But mm. but being a disciple of Jesus and walking out what He says, and then um, even when it's really hard, then and everything in you is screaming the opposite. That's when we experience that transformation. That's when we see our character change. And that's when we, we come through and we go, oh, that's who you are, God. And, and then it always impacts mission. And I know we're not specifically focusing on that, but I didn't mention earlier, but to me, one of the keys is a disciple. What is a disciple? And a key of being a disciple is someone who makes disciples. So if everything that I'm learning is then used um, and, and start shifting back outwards, and as I said, we've seen our most powerful yeah. stuff happen in our hardest seasons. It's like God just mm. moves. When we are desperate, when we have nothing left, when we are just hanging on to who he is, um, it's like people see that genuine faith and that genuine, um, oh, no, yeah, faith, I guess, and they go, mm. oh, that's what I want. Now I see what you're talking about. So, you know, I remember in one season we had all sorts of financial issues and I, we were we were – we were hitting the end of the bucket and I remember going out for dinner with some mums and they said, what's going on with your life? And I was like, all right, I'll be real. <laughs> Why not? Mm-hmm. And just started sharing about the reality of, of our situation. And, um, and they, and we got, and then I just said, but I know God is good and I know he's going to get us through this. I have no idea how. And then after that, I was chatting with one of the mums and she just opened up about all this anxiety she's going had and panic attacks and all this sort of stuff. She'd never been open before. She'd never wanted to um, engage on a faith level. And this is the first time. And I was able to actually pray with her because I was genuine and real in, in my my hard time. She, I could then connect with her in her hard time. And, um, and I think that this is something that people around us are looking for. They're looking for something that's genuine. And, and they, when we're all, when everything's perfect all the time, they can't always access that. There's a barrier there, but, but when we're real with people, then and they can actually see um, this is the discipleship. This is uh, you, does that make sense? That they they yeah. see then what it is to be a disciple in our hardest times that they can't necessarily see in our good. So yeah, sorry, I didn't quite mean to go on that tangent. Yeah. But um, and the other thing I just add to what we're all saying is, uh, what are we doing with all this? Is I now actively seek God for His vision. Like, what does He want from my life? Not what I think I want or I should do, there's that performance or success thing you were saying before, um, Andrew, but what does he want and what does it look like to to follow him and, and make mm. what he wants as, my, as the priority for me, mm. Um, mm. whether that's rest or action or whatever mm. it might be. Mm. Yeah, this morning I, I read that uh, this scripture out of John thirteen three. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, was going back to God uh, it shares that then he he rose and he washed his disciples feet and this mm. idea of that we have come from God and we know where we're going means that all that middle bit uh, means that we can embrace the cross as Jesus mm. did that servant mm. leadership means mm. it deals with our identity that God I've come from you and God, my destiny is in you. So the middle bit, which is my life, means I can I can give everything to you. I can lay it all down. I can be that servant leader. I can be that multiplying disciple. I can face the costs of what it means to follow you. And that idea of, of um, deep identity being rooted in God, that I've come from you and my, 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 my roots are in you and my destiny is secure. <laughs> that I'm going to be with you. And then so and then he talks about the way, the following the way and following the way, which is the way is actually Jesus himself. I am the way, the truth and the life and um how how it, the the pathway that we to walk in the middle is actually following Jesus. And uh yeah, really really fantastic yeah. stuff. Um 
So as we as we start to look forward, and as we start, we all caught up into the vision of making disciples that multiply and and disciple making movements, um, and seeing the the work of God replicated through our lives to other leaders who can produce other disciples. Um, what's the vision that we carry forward in this whole area of discipleship? Um, what does it look like when Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand? You've got to change your whole life, reorientate your whole life, repent and believe the good news. What does that look like for you as uh, as we start? Vicky, what does that look like for you? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that servant leadership thing, Dave, because that's almost the key to what God's been speaking to us over the last 12, 18 months. Um, probably both like Pies and Mel here. I'm a doer. Anyone who knows me knows I do, and uh, I like doing. And um, so, you know, when we were young and whatever, we went and started a house church because I do. And uh, then we did all things, all sorts of things. And, and, you know, if someone needs a barbecue, we'd run the barbecue or, or whatever. We would be always trying to do it all. And then over this last 18 months, I feel like God started, or not started, has started to shift that. And he's like, you can't do everything. You can't save the world, Vic. Well, I, I could give it a good go, I guess, but I really <laughs> won't get too far. And, um, and he started to say, if you want to see movement and you want to see this nation, and our context here is Australia, if you want to see Australia, you know, saved and, and everyone knowing Jesus, it's going to take so much more than you. And, and there we are laying ourselves again and our arrogance down again, isn't it? That it has nothing to do with me. I am so little on this whole big picture of what God's going to do in this big vision. It has nothing to do with me. It's all him. So, yeah, so we've really shifted from this idea that I do to others. I can empower others to do. And God's really been speaking to us about how do we catalyze many, many people um, to to go. And I guess our vision, um, yeah, we want to see. So specifically, God's spoken to us about a region in, in Australia, so regional Vic, and, and said, um, you know, go and catalyze. So our, our vision at the moment is to... Um, to see as many, um, we want to see leaders, workers, people praying, um, making disciples, you know, discovery groups started in every town and village and community across regional Vic. Um, and he, God spoke, I would never have put my hand up for this. I, it was, this wasn't my plan. Uh, I, I still want to get sent to the beach, but, and there is no beaches in most of it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and, and God so clear, I was praying for a season, like, what do you want me to do, God? And um, and then he just started highlighting this state to us and just said, you've got to, the whole thing. And when we follow him and we do it his way, hey, he starts to make things happen. The connections that we've made, the people who have joined us, it could never have happened in my strength. Not at all. This just wouldn't have been possible. But because we're trying to do it with God, it's been fascinating to see, um, yeah, what he's opened up. It's been amazing, actually. Mm. Love that, Vic. The um, to-do list ring, rings true for me too, Vicky. Don't worry. I love and tick boxes. Love them. <laughs> yeah, it feels good when you tick them off. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Some something in just briefly in that area of ticking boxes is um, Jesus for me always gets to the heart, and whether it's the rich young ruler, whether it's Peter, whether it's the Pharisees, whatever it is, he gets to our hearts, and I feel like when when my heart or my emotional health is smaller in compared to my to-do list, <laughs> if, if things actually are, are not well in my emotional well-being, then that really impacts the ministry. And um, so Jesus really, yeah, cares for our hearts and deals with our hearts and, for me, uh, the place of prayer. So it, it's crucial for that. Um, Vision, vision for me, for Mindy, we've just moved to Melbourne, actually. And so we're in a season of transition, and which has been an obedience step. There's that mm-hmm. word again. Um, but personally, I am really excited, always excited, actually, since God met me and um, helped me to become a disciple on campus um, at Monash University here in Melbourne. So we, um, yeah, we're passionate to see God show up on university campuses, but not just for those campuses and those students, but for the beyond, for many communities that are represented in this abundant harvest field. I think it's a really untapped harvest field in our nation, 
and it can have a great impact internationally as well as here nationally. And a story that for me captures this is the story of the Moravians and it's it's always struck mm. me. And um, these guys were refugees, arrived in Germany. Mindy and I actually went to Hernhut, they call it, over there in Germany, in the northern awesome. area of Germany. And we reminded ourselves of the story. God reminded us of the significance of prayer. These guys prayed and they prayed mm. and they prayed 24-7, 100 years. It was just like incredible. Um, and in fact, the Wesleyan movement was birthed out of this. But what, the story that really impresses me is John Wesley on a boat and potentially going to die. And there's a whole bunch of Moravians and they were so calm. They were so peaceful. Reflecting what you were saying before, Dave, they kind of were like, we know what's going to happen with us. And so there was this sense of John just going to John Wesley going, I want what they've got. <laughs> and he joined them. And the Wesleyan movement sparked out of that. And I go, wow, what happens when we surrender ourselves in prayer, passionate, persevering, sacrificial prayer, um, which actually birthed not just the Wesleyan movement, but so many other, um, yeah, missionary movements. So if we can see, yeah, just a few disciples praying on campus, what could happen? What could possibly happen um, that could spark movement, uh, especially when we speak about what it means to be an obedient disciple that multiplies? So, yeah, that's vision for us. Excited to be in Melbourne and uh, still in transition, but excited to see what God wants to do amongst young adults. How about you, Mel? Yeah, um, for us up here in North Queensland, our vision is to continue to find people of peace. So sort of from the North Queensland um, area right up through to the Western province of PNG as well. Um, So that's the vision and um, it's way beyond us. I think something that um, we've got to remember is that if we're not deeply connected in God, um, we are going to burn out and we're not going to be able to endure. And that word endurance keeps coming up in my readings with God at the moment. Uh, you have need to endure. You know, it's it's something that he wants to, um, he wants us here for the long haul, you know, as disciples in this region. And I think it, it pays to know the times we're in as well, to be aware of the times that we're in, especially when we're working cross-culturally as well, working in Indigenous communities, um, working with Indigenous people in the Western province, white Aussies, people from all different cultures. It's really important to know that we're all in a spiritual battle um, at the same time and there's going to be tensions and there's going to be um, past history that comes into play and can cause tensions and all sorts of things. And... um, Love just knows no bounds. And if we're flooded with the love of God and we're at rest with him, we're at peace with him, like you guys talking about Moravians and saw that happen in Townsville during the floods as well. Um, One of the Buddhist ladies um, was flooded and she saw the peace that the believers had in town and she went, whoever your God is, I want to know him because she saw it acted out. I think... That, that's a really big deal, isn't it? Like That really speaks to people. Mm. So being at peace with God, at peace within your soul, not burning out, but you're enduring. Mm. Endurance mm. is such a big thing. And that's part of the vision now. It's not just, oh, we want to catalyze movement through this area. It's actually want to make it to the finish line. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to like conk out halfway mm. um, because I've lost my faith. You know, you know, I've come up empty and gone, well, where's God in all this? I, I don't want to be that person. I want to endure. I want to finish the race well. And that's really key as a disciple. And we've got to be able to pass that on to those around us and encourage them. And just connecting with other disciples is so important. You know, uh, we underestimate that. Mm. Build each yeah. other up. Encourage each other. It's so important. You cannot do it alone. Mm. Uh, so. Yeah. That endurance aspect, knowing the season we're in, being very alert and aware um, and being filled with his peace so that we can pull down the spiritual strongholds 
in the areas that we're reaching. Um, yeah, it is a war. It's a battle. And um, we can't take that lightly. So fantastic reflections on what is a disciple and real encouragement to uh, center our lives around Jesus and to get rid of the clutter that we find in so much religious activity and also internal striving and to find ourselves uh, grounded, rooted, just like a tree that's uh, grounded in Christ and being able to persevere. And I just want to invite the, the, the gang here just to give any final concluding words of encouragement as we finish this podcast. Thanks, Dave. Um, I think I would just say um, obey Jesus no matter what the sacrifice. Find out how to do that and do it and don't give up. The Moravians actually were sent to um, the Dutch West Indies out of this prayer that they were doing. They felt caught. And the cry that they cried out as their ship um, left the docks was, with the lamb who was slain, receive the reward of his suffering. Obedience to Jesus, being rooted in him, always leads to mission. So go for it, guys. I would say, as a disciple, trust Jesus. Just trust him. Throw your whole self into him. And out of that will come all the fruit of the Spirit. Just trust him. Don't look back. Keep persevering. Mm. Uh, go for all God has, uh, not only for you, but for all those that God's placed in your life and those that he's going to bring into your life as well. Uh, there are many things that this world will try and hold you back, yeah, um, but keep pressing on uh, into God and into the plans he has for you, knowing that he loves you, uh, knowing that He is always good, he's always faithful, and he has the vision and the plan, and we're following that.